Back in April 2019, it was announced that there was going to be a new show that Marvel was going to produce that wasn't going to be on Netflix. It was going to be on Disney+. It was called WandaVision, and it was supposed to come out in 2020. But this show has been shrouded in a lot of mystery from the get-go, and after two episodes, I have to say, I'm still confused as to where it's going to go. I'm still a little lost as well. Before the show introduced the characters, uh, Scarlet Witch is still alive at the end of Avengers Endgame, but Vision is dead from Infinity War, and he's the only one that doesn't come back. In fact, Paul Bettany thought that he, he was so gone. That's not true. Quicksilver, huh? her brother, is also dead. And I kept on wondering, like, will they bring him back? Yeah, at that, some that's point a question I had as well. Um, but uh, I couldn't find anything on that. But Paul Bettany, the person who played Vision, thought that his storyline was so over that he couldn't believe that they were actually going to bring him back for this series. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he's I had forty nine years old, not yeah. to make a big deal about their age, but he's forty nine, she's thirty one. So whenever I see their relationship, I always have to laugh because it's very Hollywood. Yeah, and if I hadn't done any research on the show, I'd be confused as to when this timeline takes place. Just to be clear, this is the start to Phase 4. MCU has never started Phase 4 on the small screen before, and I think Black Widow was supposed to do that. To to do a short recap, if you know, what was Phase 1? Phase 1 was everything up to the Avengers. So it started with Iron Man, then up to the Avengers. And then Phase 2 was Ultraman, or whatever that guy's name was? (laughs) Ultron, Ultron. Iron Man 2 to uh, Age of Ultron, I believe, yeah. And then Phase 3 ended with Thanos. Yeah, and then it started with Civil War. So this is Phase 4. This is kind of the clean slate at this point. Mm -hmm. And um, it's strange because Black Widow died, so so it's weird that they were going to start off with her being Phase 4, but they decided to switch to this, which I think is a more interesting route to go. Um, it's also going to draw in a lot of viewership, but we'll get to that in a There's second. There's another TV show that's also in the works, right? What If? There there are so many TV shows that are in the works. So much so that the last episode that's going to air is going to air on March 5th for WandaVision. Two weeks later, we're going to get the um, Captain America show. Mm-hmm. Two weeks So this now. is like a Walking Dead scenario oh, where they're just going to start like... But even more so, off like we have, we have Hawkeye coming out later on with Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld. We're going to have just a, a ton of stuff like a... Friend so. of the show, Haley Steinfeld, who we just talked about in last yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah, so she's going to be playing what character? Uh, I'm not sure, but she's going to be in the Hawkeye show. I think it, she might be uh, Jeremy Renner's daughter or something like that. I don't know. Was she the one who didn't like mayonnaise or something on her hot dog? Oh no, <laughs> no, I, I wasn't that from the Avengers. Yeah, no, it was, but I'm not. I'm not sure if she's going to be the daughter. I'm not sure what she's going to play there. I do know that they recast the Ant Man daughter. So this, yeah, yeah right. the whole universe is very complicated. A lot of star power behind it. But yeah, let's get a little bit back to the show. You said it's not based on a comic book, right? Yeah. It's just based on Marvel, just as a whole, basically. As someone who's very familiar with the TV land setup from the 90s to the early 2000s, Dick Van Dyke, um, (laughs) Bewitched, I Dream of Jeannie, uh, My Favorite Martian, Mr. Ed, uh, Leave it to Beaver, Mm -hmm. The Honeymooners, like all these shows, it feels like it's just trying to pull like comedy from or be a satirical reference to, but particularly the Dick Van Dyke show, in the first episode, they used that same set. Yeah, you you got basically everything right on the head. Head writer Jack Schaefer and director Matt Shackman worked tirelessly to make this authentic. They wanted to make it clear they did not want to do a parody of any of the shows that you mentioned, mm-hmm. but they even had like a sitcom boot camp where they just studied a ton of episodes and broke it down. They even met with Dick Van Dyke to like really get it a general... It would have been funny if he had shown up. 
yeah, with the general authenticity of it. I also, one of the things... I'm not going to say that the characters, because they did a really good job with the sets, with the design. I'm not going to say that some of the characters didn't come off sort of trying to be a parody of the original versions, because they did. But it was also mixed in with enough real comedy where I did find myself laughing at some jokes. Particularly the second episode, there was a joke where she changes a piano into a cardboard cutout mm-hmm. and the guy then yeah, says, right. yeah, 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 that was my grandma's piano or something like yeah. that. It was, it was a really funny joke. Uh, yeah. And I, I think one of my favorite scenes was the beginning scene of the second episode where they're both in a different bed because if you didn't know back in the 60s and the 50s code. and 60s, yeah, Hayes Code, you couldn't have people in the same bed, but they did a twist on that where she switches it into one bed and mm-hmm. I thought that that was uh, very interesting. They did, it was so authentic. They did it in front of a live studio audience, which was just mostly All friends that and family. All that laughter this was a lot of laughter. It was not fake, yeah. Um, and it was basically friends and family of the crew, um, and in the they second, shot it in two sorry, days. In the second episode, though, they changed settings. So, is it still in front of a live studio audience? Uh, I think so. Or if not, they probably took reactions from it and put it in later or something. Along also, those in the lines. second episode, they transition into color. So, are we going to see only color episodes from now on? Uh, yeah, basically, this it was supposed to start off just kind of as a comedy and what i learned is that as episodes go later and later we might even see a runtime increase it's supposed to go into an mcu action film action because right now it's not just comedy there's also a lot of like deep-seated she's stuck in some sort of we know dream world yeah dream world or she's in a coma i've seen very similar uh respect to this to these type of episodes in pleasantville Mm-hmm. up to the color being incorporated as you start to remember things also a show like um i wrote it down uh my no, no not my favorite martian uh something what with tomorrow's life on mars that show is primarily about a cop who gets injured and then gets like sent back to 1970s in his head and lives in that coma of the 70s universe and then he's every once in a while reached out to by psychiatrists or people who are trying to wake him up. Do you, the know, doctors. When, do you know when that came out? Yeah, and there, it's it's been remade to an American version, but the original British version was in the mid-2000s. Uh, but it sounded a lot like when that radio was trying to patch into her, and he was right. like, Wanda, Wanda, wake up. It was it was almost exactly what happened in Life on Mars. There are, yeah, there are parts in this show that like the laugh track fades out and then goes really dark. It was funny to see Eric Foreman's mom show up, Deborah Kitty Joe Foreman. Rock. Yeah, um, but like yeah, I, it's her and also the husband um, Fred Malamed. I had to look him up because I thought I'd seen him in other things. Arthur, but it, yeah, yeah, he was in Lady Dynamite, Mr. Hart. Every um, everyone in the first episode is from somewhere. Even Agnes, she was from Bad Moms, and she's been in a ton of, a ton of other stuff as well. Yeah, it's Marvel. They can yeah out for <laughs> actors. But he is funny because in the original Dick Van Dyke show, which they reference so much, there's the bald character I think named Mel, who's constantly made fun of by Buddy and kind of the rest of the staff. And he reminded me a lot of that because he was in a managerial position as well. Except Mel's character was a little bit more full of himself but for comedy sake well this guy was um more serious i guess than that other character yeah and he also reminded me a lot of the silicon valley he looks so much like it yeah i was gonna say the silicon valley character i know who Um, you're talking about he looked like him as well yeah Uh, kind of the evil villain i think in season three of that show uh elizabeth olsen olsen i thought olsen yeah (laughs) this is the first time she's looked like her sisters to me Whenever I've seen her on in other Marvel movies, she always has like really long hair, mm-hmm. and she 
looks very much different than any, the Olsen twins. Right. This, she's referencing Mary Tyler Moore the entire time. And she's, she's straight up just, like, copying Mary Tyler Moore. You're, you're, you're literally just stealing from my notes here. Mary, Mary Tyler Moore and Elizabeth Montgomery were the people that she tried to kind of mesh into one character. She even had a dialect coach, and I thought that worked out really Look, well. I'm, I thought she was the best I'm gonna one. I'm going to be honest. Dick Van Dyke was my jam back in the day. So <laughs> I, I watched a lot of it. Growing up, I sound like I was born in, I don't know, the 60s, but, like, no. <laughs> well, no, because... Uh, it was just on TV Land so much, and it was a fun show, and it was light. I think um, even the neighbor, they tried to peg down as the neighbor from the Dick Van Dyke show. She's also in the second episode. What's her name? Agnes. Agnes, and I think she also has something to do with the plot that they're in right now. Yeah, no, I think like that she she's... she might be a villain or something? I think I don't she's know. a villain, because she... Cause when, um, you think she's a villain, too? Yeah, because when Elizabeth Olsen is looking at the... Uh, helicopter toy helicopter she's the person that snaps her, draws out her out of it yeah and i think that that's definitely a sign of like she knows what's going on but it also seems like wanda's protecting herself because whenever things get too serious or kitty is like laughing and saying mm-hmm. to stop she like wakes up enough to like rewrite history or to tell someone to interfere with it like vision to use his power yeah now the episodes themselves are super simple so you could probably show this to someone who is like 80 years old and really enjoys those old 60s shows and they would still like it so much so that i sorry i just wanted to jump in and say that um they used what they did with bewitched like on the actual yeah. sets by where using they strings oh i, I was no, gonna say it, where people froze in place and then they ran yeah back. doing that but like when she's moving that's stuff, also an i dream of genie type thing that they yeah did. and there as well when she's moving plates and she's making dinner stuff that was all done by the strings used by like bewitched and everything mm-hmm. so they really did try to kind of nail bitch, it down bewitched <laughs> bitched <laughs> bewitched was about um the guy who like it, it was several different men who played her husband throughout the series which is pretty funny mm-hmm. but she was a witch and her family was were witches right. and they never really go into the history of that which in today's world is crazy because if you get a witch show it would be all yeah, about yeah, the lore. it would just be back everything would just, be lore yeah. <laughs> and you'd be seeing it all the time this was kind of just like a housewife who's also a witch yeah <laughs> and so it, but then there was also as i said my favorite martian that also had to do with like superhuman abilities that he sometimes did on the show. And so, yeah, a lot of 60s um, black and white shows like to do or play with people's minds and, and kind of have flying saucers and stuff just hanging around. Yeah, and you mentioned the simplicity of the episodes. That kind of surprised me a little bit because the budget for this thing is like over $150 million. Well, I think the simplicity is paying homage to the simplicity of yesteryear episodes where the big storyline was like, oh no, what's for dinner? Or um, yeah. <laughs> like, how, how are we going to get these kids into school? But it's super ironic because obviously there were no kids at the kids talent show or whatever it was right called. and also when for the kids when vision points out that she's pregnant that wanda is pregnant that just like oh that was know. an i love lucy reference um oh, so I like that. Okay. or I, I thought it was yeah. because i love lucy um it was the first time they couldn't show people in of course bed together they couldn't really explain how someone had a kid but suddenly lucy has a kid and so they had to explain yeah, that. Yeah, but it was just like in the middle of the episode. There yeah, was no I, sign the, to it. The joke was like that there was no sex. Right, like, yeah. It was just like cut through that. The, the most sexual you ever got was her in a nightgown or whatever she was wearing when that one guy stopped by and she got really <laughs> timid about it. Yeah, and this is supposed to have the most VMX shots, even more, sorry, VFX shots, more than Avengers Endgame even. Interesting. Well, you know how they make him look like that? Like it's not makeup, is it? 
the vision uh, I'm not sure, but I think it's a mask, I, right? Is it? Because it looks so, like, put on his face through VFX. I know when he, I would think yeah. that it might be that. He was breathing in, like, a, in, like, side the mask or whatever they use, and I was like, that looks pretty realistic. The, um, the other thing that we have to reference or talk about is the ending storyline in the second episode, the guy who shows up, one of the most heinous villains in Marvel history... I have something to say Nicholas about that. Nicholas Cage yeah. himself. <laughs> Not the bees. Like, this guy is going to be some scary shit. Yeah, and she somehow just knew straight away. That was also one of my favorite parts where she was just like, no, and she rewinds the tape. Yeah, reality is trying to sink back into her, and we're just going to see it. I wonder if it's going to become more and more new agey with the television now that we're in color, whether it's going to go into, like, Brady Bunch years. So, basically, what they did was they had a lot of different lenses for the camera. You could even tell when it got serious is it kind of went into clear quality and you're i think you're going to be seeing that progression a lot throughout and the, the music episodes the music from being as lighthearted or it would just be silent and yeah no so and also the other thing is well there's a couple things so we got stark industries interweaving with their own commercials and with that one that comedian funny. yeah um it reminded me of danger five when uh-huh. you would get the random, <laughs> the random commercials yeah. um i also like the norm is a communist joke mm-hmm. yeah that, that was pretty good but why is why is uh, Scarlet Witch's personality so different than what we see her in the movies? They said that they were trying to do something that they couldn't show in film, and I think that that's why they changed her character so much from what we know her as. Hmm. Well, I do remember in the film she was a big fighter. Like, she was angry all the time, and we hardly ever see her angry here. We more see her sarcastic and, again, just kind of a carbon copy of Mary Tyler Moore. However, when it gets serious, we see her get pretty angry. So, I mean... Um, pretty angry? Yeah, like, literally when she sees the bees, man, she's like, no, and rewinds the tape, and then she's I don't think she was angry there. I think she was more frightened. Like, Vision acts almost the same as you would expect him to. Could you... So, we went over who, um, Elizabeth Olsen acted like. Do you want to guess what, uh, Paul Bettany said he kind of combined the characters for? Uh, well, in the first episode, there is the Dick Van Dyke element. That's one um, of them, yeah. Yeah. It, when he goes to his job, though, Dick Van Dyke was very clearly a comedy writer. I think the joke they were making was that a company man, you never really knew what they were doing. And the joke <laughs> yeah. was that, like, uh, obviously, that didn't matter. Yeah. But he was really good at it. Right, yeah. So they just needed it for a second. Who else was he referencing? Uh, actually, Hugh Laurie. And later on, he said Brian Cranston. Huh. But later on, maybe later, we haven't yeah. seen that. Maybe not. But one thing I didn't understand about the plot holes, and it's not to get too nitpicky because mm-hmm. I know obviously it's comedy, but like say the gum gets stuck in him. We've seen him multiple times being able to be intangible where he just like goes through walls right? Yeah. and where he even put the hat through himself. Now, if the gum is in him and the hat goes through him, how did the gum not come out on the hat? Yeah. And then also, why didn't he just reach into himself and take out the gum when he realized that that had happened right at the start? That's a good point. I was more surprised that when the gum happened, he didn't just like fully shut down or stop working. <laughs> well, I don't know where they would have gone with that. I mean, that they showed you they show. showed you the animation, and then like it literally the crane stopped turning. In a way, this is like the supernatural thing where they get stuck in a TV show, or even like Fairly <laughs> yeah. Odd Parents, where Jimmy or Timmy gets stuck in a t- television show and he has to blend in with all the characters. The other plot hole that I noticed was um, how Wanda. It has all these superpowers, right? She can create reality 
or I guess the witch can, right? Yeah. And Scarlet Witch. And she doesn't just make dinner appear. Like, she has to call her neighbor over for dinner, and then she has to make it. Why couldn't she just snap her fingers and then have the dinner? That was there? one of my questions, too. And I think it's just one of those things where they were I, I wanting to show... Yeah, yeah, I think they were just wanting to pay homage again to the whole bewitch thing. And it just kinda, didn't make as much sense to It me. didn't make as much sense. But oh, maybe yeah. it was just also poking fun at the fact that Bewitched also did things like that, where... If she's a witch, could she have could happened. have taken yeah. care. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the opening for the second episode was that cartoon version, which I... Right, I was wondering if they were going to have... If every single episode was going to be a different opening because I think it starts so. out... I agree. I think right. that's what's going to happen. That's and, my guess, at least. And I know that the um, editing team has worked tirelessly on it. Even up to t- like six days before the thing is about to premiere, there's, they were still working on it. They shot this thing as late as October. It obviously got moved back because of COVID. And I know that it's just been like incredibly straining on them um, because obviously so much is writing this on the show. This all shot, you said October? The latest that they shot was October. They obviously shot before COVID as well. Yeah, so. I think it's a good enough show where like I would have given it more time if they needed it. I, I wouldn't have. Well, I, it actually got that. It was supposed to start the, actually one of the Reddit um, posts or someone posted on Twitter that worked on the show that it was going to come out in December. And yeah. then they were like, no, we need to push this back to like January. But like, it's complete. Like they weren't able to, they didn't have to rush it. Cause the thing about cyberpunk, that game that everybody wanted to come out mm-hmm. and that kept on getting delayed is that even when it got out, uh, people have come out and said it should have still taken more time. Yeah. So I, I, I wouldn't want that to happen. And we're not going to be able to tell until the end of the series. There's nine episodes in this, right? Nine episodes, right. And, and you I, said the airtime could get longer and longer and longer. It might. I, 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 I haven't seen anything on that. Um, but they shot the some episodes out of sequence. And I think they initially just wanted to kind of shoot the show and then edit it like most shows, but they weren't able to do that. I wouldn't be watching this out of sequence, though. Like, unlike the 1960s shows where they were meant to be watched at whenever time they were replayed... This is a show where obviously there's going to be some development every time, but it's always going to be in the background. Like the main storyline is always going to be something goofy or something really light. Well, I don't know about that because Paul Bettany even said like one of the days they'd be shooting something from the 50s. The next day they would there'd be a big green screen action shot. So Hmm, we'll see. We'll see. It does remind me a little bit of The Good Place as well where the characters slowly realize that they're kind of in a hellish atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Like, the more we hear about the 50s, I'm surprised they didn't bring a race into it quite yet because you do have a few African-American characters who play just normal people as opposed to kind of a racist element to it. But they definitely do bring in a feminist angle mm-hmm. where women are just expected to be sort of subservient to right. the like There's a patriarchy always, there. They're basically... Exists. For the first episode, Elizabeth Olsen is basically just always in the house in the kitchen so well i I was talking more about how like even the women were nasty with each other if they weren't fitting the right standards dotty in the second episode and the and the um the neighbor agnes yeah yeah agnes is a funny character though because she again reminds me of the next door neighbor from dick van dyke and her husband who was played by i believe one of the producers of dick van dyke was jerry was very rarely in the show compared to um mary tyler moore's friend right yeah i I can't remember that um actually one of the african-american people they robbed uh Tayona Paris is her actual name. She plays Geraldine, and she was recast because that character has actually been in Captain Marvel, but uh, I think due to scheduling conflicts, they weren't able to get the same actress. Yeah, are we going to see any other superheroes in the show as it gets closer and closer? There's been a lot of rumors, but at this point, I think Marvel is trying They're to keeping keep it, it very, very tight. Key. That being said, I do want to get into the future of Marvel. Um, What's the future of Marvel? Well, Kevin Feige, I, I know. Is this a one-season show? Like, it's a one-off? I don't think so. I think it's going to be multiple seasons if it does well. Um, But 
<laughs> and so Bettany's going to be like 60 and she's going to be like, all right, well, I'm in my 40s. <laughs> right, yeah. And uh, like I said, this is supposed to start phase four. And then I, I want to talk about Spider-Man 3 for a second. I'm excited for that film because there's rumors that Charlie Cox is going to come back for Spider-Man 3. So you already I th- got... I think that's been confirmed. Yeah, so you have Andrew So Garfield, Daredevil? Yeah, Daredevil, um, which... And that could go on to Disney Plus and easily. And that's strange because, yeah, the, Disney bought the rights to it, but most the rights that they bought and that they brought over the shows, they didn't continue, and it seemed like they ditched themselves from the characters or from the people who played those characters. Yeah. Like, I don't think they're bringing back Kristen Ritter as Jessica Pro- probably Jones. Probably not, but I think Daredevil and um, The Punisher, maybe, since they were the most successful, are probably going to be bought back in some form or fashion. I know that Kevin yeah. Feige said that for this show, he wants to talk about some characters' fates, like Darcy Lewis, who was last seen in Thor The Dark World. I believe she was one of Natalie Portman's sisters or friends, and then was never mentioned really again. So I think they're doing what they did with Rogue One and Star Wars. She wasn't one of the broke girls, was she? She wasn't that one. She might have been, I think. Okay. But basically, they're doing what Star Wars... Kat Dennings? Is that her name? Uh, I'm not sure who the actual actress is. Okay. But I think that they're trying to do, again, what Star Wars Rogue One did, which was, like, explain things that... Yeah, and expand on things that most people had a problem with. Right now, it's almost like Lost, though, where it's more questions than answers so far. Like, you can just put together in your head that there's going to be some reason, some traumatic thing that has caused her to regress into this state where she's created this own reality for herself. But it is like Thor, where she's placed Thor into a world when she fought him. What, what was that world again? That was the first time we saw her use her power like that. She put everyone into a world. I think she put Black Widow into like a nightmare scenario, reliving her dreams or something like that. Yeah, so her power is almost like the red infinity stone itself. It's the reality infinity stone, but she's just able to do whatever she wants with it. Right, That's she, why I think she's so overpowered compared to everyone else. And, I think and why that, her character is probably my favorite as far as powers are concerned. And also why I think she could have just beat Thanos one-on-one. Yeah, and I think that that's the reason why they're kind of keeping the show that the way they are. They don't want her to use her full extent of her powers because they're more just trying to keep it tame. I think. Yeah, maybe she's afraid of what would happen if she woke herself up. Yeah, I think that's. But I mean, that's been done before again, like Life on Mars or Pleasantville or all these ones where they're kind of put into their own box by themselves and and their worst enemy is themselves. So I would be a little disappointed if there wasn't some something bigger. One thing I do like is every time the show ends and it zooms back out and you kind of see them measuring the audience score of everything, yeah, it's very right. meta in that way. Right, yeah, and I, I like that well as well. I also like the end credits because it brought me back to like movie theater end credits. Um, obviously they have the black yeah so the first scene also where it shows the marble like right of, course, of all the, the marble thing and then it shrinks into a tiny television mm-hmm. for four by four i want to say and then it turns on yeah yeah i mean I, th- I think that's really clever and again the vfx is is on point because they spent so much time with it uh going back to the future of marvel i have a couple shows here um it, this is three lies one truth so you had to find the true one this time mm-hmm. um of the show that's going to have the uh, actor tied to it so the first one i have here is moon knight um that's a character uh these are all going to be real right real shows but just fake actors who are put on it or what no the, the only one of these is actually real that i know of right now okay um so moon knight by oscar isaac that's what they cast i think i remember hearing something about oscar isaac joining the marvel universe but yeah go ahead then there's silver surfer by doug jones the man who played silver surfer in the 2007 fantastic four film i think i heard something about this as well <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> donnie Yen as mr fantastic 
Yeah, that seems about right. <laughs> <laughs> and then Zazzy beats the person from Atlanta as Ironheart. That sounds fake. <laughs> it's, uh, so, oh man. Um, I will say it's either one or two, the Silver Surfer one. So I'll say the Oscar Isaac one is true. The Oscar Isaac one is true. Yeah, I think I remember seeing a headline about it. The Silver Surfer one seems plausible, though. Yeah, especially with all the people that they're bringing back. Also, because the villain in this next Marvel like phase, I think, is going to be the same villain that was in the second Fantastic Four. That'd be cool, yeah, because Fantastic Four... He's like Four, a planet eater. He doesn't have a care in the world. It hasn't been given its fair due yet, and I think that it's supposed it's to be fair due. Well, they, I mean, they keep on saying that they're going to bring back uh, the two characters they killed off, right? Yeah, and speaking of which, when uh, Vision, like, changes back his face, you see the little sparkle on his face. It reminded me of the new Fantastic Four, where they tried to do this face change that just really didn't work. And I think that, I never saw the new one. The yeah. The one with Michael B. Jordan and uh, yeah, the one that, Tina Fey. Yeah. I just wanted <laughs> to throw Fey. Tina Fey into it, because we've mentioned Tina Fey in all the other episodes, but yeah. There's also a She-Hulk series that will be a 10-part series, um, and that is going to be written by jessica gale the person who wrote the critically acclaimed pickle rick episode of rick and morty <laughs> okay um and yeah moon knight uh, like we talked about is going to be a six-part series set to be released in 2022 so that one is a real series yeah the oscar isaac one that's the, the moon knight one yeah yeah no, i just forgot that it was yeah that, yeah the one thing i wanted to bring up about the what if series which is really would have been better if they actually brought everybody back for these episodes. I mean, I they're going to have been... the actors, so... Yeah, but not nearly as cool if they're just animated. Yeah. It's like when you watched... What was that uh, Netflix show where they couldn't even finish the filming of it because they, was too, they went over budget, and so they just changed it into animation? Oh, no, get, that was the, the Get Down or the... That I was a blacklist. They did that. They did now. it for the blacklist. I think they also did it for the get down, and it was just horrible. <laughs> so, we, but if they actually brought people in and were able to do kind of like a how it should have ended, but with the actual actors, that would have been awesome. Yeah. Uh, it also, I confused these two shows. I thought the WandaVision and the What If show was the same show for the longest time because, again, her power is very reality yeah. changing, and so I thought maybe she had like a pan or a um a snap and was like i need vision back and then she tried to like rewrite all of history right because the what if show is going to be what if something bad or something else happened in yeah the and you MCU told me world. off mic that it's 23 episodes all of the movies thus far yeah i think there's been 23 movies so yeah so it's going that's, to be that. that's nuts so i mean again where's that money for <laughs> yeah it's well, almost like fandom theories like fan fiction kind of like if you were like marvel vs dc will we ever see it probably not. i really really wanted to though when they were first like both coming out with movies but that kind of leads me to the next point you can ask this really at any time period does it feel like marvel at this point is cashing in too much with these tv shows because there's just so not much as long as they do a good job with them i think and also feeding off what we were just saying if they had the adam west batman like as the next homage the, right yeah for the episode <laughs> and so you just had like some hockey like punching and <laughs> wham yeah, exactly <laughs> or like vision wears some wiggly ears type of thing <laughs> yeah vision just stops they do it they stop doing the vfx and he just is wearing that mask you were talking about and it just looks really bad <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I, it goes without saying, these TV shows are going to impact the MCU. I know that WandaVision... They're canon. Yeah, WandaVision will have events that correlate with Sam Raimi's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which is slated to come out March 2022. Uh, they have a real problem with that in the Star Wars universe because of all the Clone Wars things that they're making, and yeah, they're trying right. to make them all interweave together. And then I know The Mandalorian is the same thing. Lucasfilm's is kind of upset with how the Mandalorian is changing events for certain 
certain things. Right. We won't get too much into that. Well, actually, we didn't actually watch. Oh, okay, I have some, like going into my kind of success for Disney um, part. The Mandalorian, Pixar's Soul, and Hamilton were among the biggest successes of Disney Plus, bringing in almost 90 million subscribers, hitting the figures four years earlier than they were projected to. Uh, do you think that WandaVision will help Disney blow past the projected toll for 2024, which as of now is 230 million to 260 million? Yeah, so we can talk about our reviews. I thought as a whole that this was a perfectly entertaining show. Again, the faults that I had with the plot were easily, um, I, I was easily able to look past them because yeah, I was funny. enjoying the rest of it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and and maybe that glimmer will go away, but it doesn't seem like it, especially if they continue to feed what the mystery is. And the nice thing about saying it only has nine episodes means that it's not going to try to draw out the mystery for us. It will give us substantial uh, clues every single episode. Right, yeah. And I think so, that... So I assume that the reviews were really good. Well, the reviews for this show, um, the IMDb score is a 7.9. Oh, no. Earlier in the... I think like when it first came out at 9.1 and earlier in the day it had an 8.3. So it's just, it's it's not found its balance yet. This yeah. is the first day it's out. So it, we're, it has a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, though. What do people say in the actual reviews that you've seen the headlines to, though? Uh, people, most of the reviews I read were just really positive. They said it was clever and funny. They like the um, kind of callbacks to the TV shows. And uh, like, for example, Brian Lowry of CNN said, of course, something structured like WandaVision can only be judged once you've reached the end of the journey. For starters, though, the studio's streaming vision looks quite clear, even if the hero's black and white fate doesn't. Yeah. Something I also noticed about the 1960s shows was that while I was writing them down is that a lot of them are about a secret, like a normal family that has to keep a secret, whether it be I dream of genie, he's housing a genie, whether it be Mr. Ed, he has to pretend he doesn't have a talking horse, (laughs) whether it be um, my favorite Martian, he has to pretend he's not a Martian, bewitched, obviously, Dick Van Dyke less so, but also even shows today, like the Americans, they have to hide that they're spies And it's always like the neighbors who are Snoopy. And so it's funny how shows kind of retain the same format over the years. And so that's also something similar with this show. They have to keep out of hands that anybody knows that they're superheroes, which has been done a ton of times, whether you go to Heroes or My Ordinary Family or whatever, that Michael Chiklis Chiklis show that came out a long time ago. Mm -hmm. I was going to say that even though this was a show that obviously is going to become more crazier and crazier, it did feel like I was watching a show that I would sometimes have to watch for a college class. Like I had to watch some like black it was and white. You something? Yeah, like some black and white TV shows. Usually those were over like more controversial episodes, but it felt like the same type of jokes they were doing were pretty authentic. And I don't really the, the jokes were authentic. The the vernacular, the those type of humor, like that's a gas or something like right, that. Yeah. Something that you would only hear in the they overdid that. But on purpose, right? Yeah, I think I think that they that, just wanted to get as many of those in as possible. It almost benefits. Hogwash. It yeah. almost benefits as a double standard in that sense because it's like even if they do go overboard, it's like they meant to do that. But from what I was saying earlier, and what I think what you referred to as a parody, you don't want to come across as that too much. You want to at least retain some of the heartfelt uh, thing because Dick Van Dyke show, besides being a comedy, actually did have some episodes where. Uh, you would feel something at the end. I think that they all did, yeah, the, those type of shows. So it wasn't, you can't look back at those all and just be like, well, we can just crack jokes at those constantly now and just make fun of them for being terrible because they weren't. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, going back to the success for Disney, do you think that Disney's going to be able to hit, though, the 230 million to 260 million projection for 2024 that they have? Because again, they were able to do that um, a couple months ago. 
Um, yeah, probably. I mean, COVID is keeping people at home, and I think Disney is just going to grow as a platform. I was going to say, if they as do, a streaming platform, obviously, if they do, do you think that Disney could outpace Netflix? Because Netflix, I know right now, has the most subscribers. But um, and then Amazon Prime, which has been around since two thousand seven. I don't think Prime really. It's it, Prime is going to stay within the race, but it's not going to be. It has one hundred twelve million subscribers. Yeah, and I. The only it, the thing is, when you get in, in an Amazon account, you also become a subscriber to their television. As long as they keep that, they're going to be in the running. But I don't think their television itself is the thing that's like their claim to fame right now is the Expanse, which is a great show, but it's also sort of a niche. Show. Well, also the boys. Yes, which is the boys, but it's only one show. It's not like a universe of the boys show yet. Yeah, I know. I think that the I think the boys though was like their biggest success that they had. So mm-hmm. I think that like obviously with something like the Mandalorian, you can't compare. It's like apples to the Eiffel Tower, like it's the Star Wars universe, the Marvel universe versus just this one-off show that makes fun of one uh, of sort of the cliches yeah. in those universes. And I think that I think Disney could outpace Netflix. We could be seeing that because yeah. Netflix has been growing steadily throughout its time, but I, but Disney has It would just take a flown. lot, but it mostly I think it would also there Netflix is fighting wars on two fronts. They're fighting with Disney Plus, but they're also fighting with a ton of their content being taken away from them. Like they no longer get some of the stuff that Hulu is pulling from. Right. A lot of those FX shows, a lot of those shows that people go, they that were on last night that they want to see today. Netflix right. started that whole idea of, oh, well, we'll have the show come out at the same time, but they've sort of lost it. Like Hulu, Hulu HBO Max has that. also, HBO Max has also observed that. I think even to a bigger extent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know that uh, Disney's giving kind of the most content at this point, just with their uh, thing that they have lined up. Um, so let's bring it back to WandaVision in a way. Like what was, did you have a favorite part? Yeah, like I said, I think that either my favorite part was, um, I don't think I said actually said this, the bewitched part where she was able to like do everything and make the dinner. I you mean when Kitty cool. opens the doors, Kitty Foreman and... Uh, right, it was a really cheesy joke yeah, that suddenly Vision was just going to start singing and, and they'd be for it. I did laugh at the part of the way he brings out the ukulele and then he, and then the guy didn't say pig and then like... Mm-hmm. I thought that was funny. And then um, the beginning scene of the second episode, which I mentioned the bed. I like the lobster on the door. That was fine. It was because yeah, it was so dumb. The lobster was thrown in the complete different direction, and it just ended up on the door somehow. Yeah. Yeah. At times, this show felt like the film. It's such a beautiful day, which is a really obscure reference, but like it, there it's was not just that obscure. It's on Netflix. There was just so much like kind of randomness, randomly it's a dark c- moments. Cerebral way, but it's not. It's again simple. It's simple and it's also cerebral. <laughs> I know. I know that the second episode has an eight point four. The first one has an eight. Um, although I do like both episodes, I think the first one was just better. I think that they got more of what they were trying to accomplish in the first. I thought episode. the ending, as far as the cliffhanger, was better in the second episode. I like the setting better in the first episode because it was more familiar. We talked about the. They beam. even made fun of the opening of Dick Van Dyke, where he like trips over the thing. Yeah, and he runs into the couch. And he instead goes right <laughs> through it. Yeah. So I. I, but the Bee Man thing also was one thing that I did have a problem with. He wasn't intimidating, and I don't see why she took it so seriously. Because what could he possibly mean? You know, like he just. I was okay of, with it. Like I didn't see a, that as laughable or anything. I mean, you're talking about like. A I mean, whole I MCU. understand. I understand how in what was the in Men in Black movies right. where you had the bug guy who's now become sort of a meme. <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio, yeah. Yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio, because he would chew cockroaches, and he was just kind of as funny as he was scary, and that's not very scary. But I mean, I'm willing to give the show the benefit of the doubt for this second episode and see that she's 
legitimately frightened of it so it's probably going to end up meaning something even if it's not the main villain and i think i think the show is going to probably get a lot of emmys i know the mandalorian get a lot of emmys well it got mandalorian was nominated for 15 emmys and i know that you know, i don't know why but paul bettany reminds me of the fish man from uh under the water whatever it was called the one, shape of water, shape of water. Shape of water, yeah. <laughs> water. so when you said emmys i was just like oh well that did win well, that was an Oscars. That was, yeah, or that was Oscars. I don't, I don't know. know. Has Paul Bettany ever played a fish man or wanted to? I don't think so. Show an interest in it? <laughs> okay. One question I kept asking was, do you think this could be passable on its own? Say you weren't ever shown a Marvel show. Do you think that this possibly could get someone's interest? That's a good question. One we probably should have asked at the beginning of the show for those people <laughs> who aren't big Marvel watchers or fans. <laughs> Uh, and I would probably say, yeah, because I think the storyline isn't going to depend on you having seen everything else. Like when you talked about the first phases of Marvel, yeah, that's cool. But there's nothing to say that the show won't have its own conclusive circle where it kind of explains itself by the end. And I was wondering if fans were going to either not like this as much or over like it. And it seems like it's kind of just yes. mellow at this point. I think I think it's going to be both of those. People are going to like it. They're going to hate it. Like, it's just fans. There's there's a lot of them. I know that for Vanity Fair stated uh, Faggy's approach, which he has a lot of uh, fanboys trust. Is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah, Kevin Faggy, I believe. Okay. Uh, comic Faggy or something? <laughs> no. <laughs> to comic book TV may not be trendy or edgy, but it might be just what's needed. In recent words of Ben Affleck, who famously worked with Faggy rivals at Warner Brothers that fucker knows his audience like no producer ever he's a genius so <laughs> I mean any tv show right now that's well produced is gold because otherwise you're looking at these really cheap knockoff game shows that we're getting a ton of <laughs> on tv no offense and also the kind of failed pilot series that have been on yeah. the block for a while Moon and they just eight. kind of pull, <laughs> pull it out from there or you get like shows that are in test phases, like connecting. So it's good to actually have some that are coming out. Apparently, Netflix is going to start releasing a movie a week that they've bought or that they've That's made crazy. themselves yeah. for this year. Well, I know. I I, I remember why. I, I mean, was, they are competing. When I was talking about Mandalorian, they were season three. It doesn't seem like COVID's going to be a problem. Like they have the biggest sound stage, and it seems like they're going to be able to do it. Yeah, it's because he's wearing a mask already. I think you made the same joke. I, know. <laughs> I love that joke. <laughs> All right. Is that a good place to end it? Yeah, I think so. That's a good place to I, end I do want it to on say a funny, funny joke. The first three episodes were given to critics, so that's what I based most of the, what I was quoting off of, mm -hmm. and we were only given the first two episodes. That makes it sounds like everything makes it sound like everything you just said um, this whole episode well, was do, just a copy of someone else. I do feel at least you'll know my account was. <laughs> Was well, legitimate. <laughs> I think our opinions are going to change as we see how different the show becomes. Yeah, it's one of those shows I definitely will keep track of and watch the rest of the series. And would have even if we didn't do the podcast. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Sorry about the length of this one. Bye. Bye.